It's time for this week's SurPro Prep Football Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. It's brought to you by SurPro of Champaign-Urbana, providing damage restoration and cleaning from water, fire, mold, and storms. SurPro, make it like it never even happened. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school football is also powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois, forging strong leaders since 1868. Now, here is your host, Colin Likas. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show. As Gene Honda said, I'm Colin Likas, joined by Joey Wright on the board and also providing a little bit of insight as well, which will become very important as the show goes on, and I'll tell you why shortly. Got another jam-packed episode, as always, heading into week six of the high school football season. Joey, how are we feeling this week? Feeling good. The season is flying along. It seems it feels like week five to me, but it's week six. <laughs> okay, it feels like the season just got going though too. I yep. don't know. So a lot of good storylines have unfolded though as the season has gone along. Excited to unfold a few of them as we uh, move through the show tonight. Yeah, as we're uh, as is bound to happen during the course of any high school football season, some interesting stuff is planned out. Some things that we expected, some things that we certainly didn't. Uh, but this is going to be a little bit of an interesting show. This week just so happens to be homecoming week for both Fisher and Urbana High Schools, both of which, of course, are not playing varsity football this year. They opted to go JV only because of low roster numbers to try to keep those kids safe and prepare them for a future playing varsity football. But we're going to be joined by both of their coaches. We're going to hear from Fisher coach Carrick McDonald shortly. We're also going to hear from Urbana coach Curtis Blandon Sr. That's why I mentioned Joey being important tonight, <laughs> the Urbana alumnus. He uh, certainly can key us in a little bit on what the Tigers what the vibe is like with the Tigers. Uh, also going to be joined later on the show by a pair of Tuscola athletes, Ben Hornaday and John Claxon, as well as Monticello coach Cully Welter, fresh off a Hall of Fame induction. And, of course, we'll unveil our latest top ten rankings and our offensive line of the week. Of course, we talked with all these head coaches before the season started and talked with Andy Romine from Tuscola going into week one. But I was actually, uh, you mentioned that Urbana's JV team was playing on Monday night. So as an alum, I decided I'd mm-hmm. stop by, see what everything was all about, watch the second half of their game against Central just from the stands, not in any uh, official capacity. But, uh, you know, uh, training in the right direction. And Carrick McDonald from Fisher we got really fired up talking to him before mm-hmm. the season started. So I know both those coaches trying to get things going in the right direction. Two of the earliest storylines we had this season kind of continue as we go along yeah absolutely and uh, let's go ahead and hear from coach mcdonald now obviously in his first season coaching the bunnies after making a long trip up from louisiana moving up here to coach this football program they've won two games so far this season and they are hosting hayworth on friday for a jv homecoming game let's take a listen about that and more glad to be joined on the serve pro prep football confidential show powered by u of i army rotc by carrick mcdonald coach of the fisher football program who will be hosting its homecoming game this Friday night against Hayworth, a junior varsity contest, but they swung it on a Friday night to make it feel like the traditional homecoming game would. Carrick, thanks so much for being part of the show this evening. What's up, Colin? How are you? Doing well, doing well. And uh, I'm sure you're doing well also knowing that you guys are going to have a Friday night football game coming up here. Words cannot express just how excited and relieved I am because this <laughs> playing on Monday, it's been very different. Very, I know it's been different from myself, the staff, the kids, and just the playing on Friday is going to be a nice breath of fresh air for everybody. You guys are hosting Hayworth, 7 p.m., homecoming game. Take me through how this came about because, uh, like you said, you guys are used to playing these JV games on Monday nights. This was decided a little bit earlier um, in the in the off season, uh, right before we started practice and everything else. As soon as the decision was made to go JV this year, Hayworth administration offered not to to take you know the forfeit win, but still play our game on Friday as a you know just a way for us to have homecoming. And you know I'm I'm greatly appreciative. Um, Coach Allbaugh, uh, I have not had a chance to meet him yet, but I've actually been very familiar with him and all that he does online with. Uh, football networking and stuff like that and so I as, as, a, as a head coach I'm appreciative I know the kids are appreciative and uh, the community is appreciative as well and how have things gone so far for you and the guys uh, just as background for anyone who doesn't remember Fisher as uh, coach Carrick alluded to uh, foregoing of RC season low roster turnout a lot of underclassmen on this roster but uh, Carrick how have things gone so far it's been something 
Um, you know, <laughs> I don't think there's anything that really could have prepared my, you know, myself for this. But at the end of the day, you can't sit here and cry over spilled milk. Got to just coach the kids we have and, you know, use this as a great opportunity for them to learn the game of football. Uh, we're sitting at two and three right now. Played a tough, tough DMAC team last night. Uh, they got a lot of kids more kids on their JV than we have on our entire roster. I've been recruiting the halls, and after the decision was made to go JV, we actually gained uh, some numbers. Uh, we had some kids that were excited to play some, some competition their own age. At our highest this season, uh, we were at 24, and due to two kids deciding that it wasn't for them and an injury, we're now down to 21. You know, we got to coach the kids we have. It's been lots of teaching. Because, again, I've, half of my roster has really never played football before in their lives, let alone varsity football. You know, so it's lots of teaching, lots of things I never thought I would have to teach. But it's really made me think about how I communicate to kids and how, how, how I am as a teacher, how I am as a coach in teaching the game of football. Well, you talk about the, uh, the team's record being 2-3 and three in the JV schedule. I just imagine it's important for these kids to, to see that success, especially with how young this roster is. The kids have been really resilient. You know, we've, we've been in a few games this year where the kids would say, you know, oh, in the past, you know, the older kids I do have, they said in the past we would have quit, you know. So I think the kids knowing that they're playing guys similar to them, you know, it's a lot harder to lay down. And, and the kids, the buy-in culture-wise has been great, you know, just preaching to the kids to – Win every rep, go want to know every rep, every play, every series, you know, every quarter, every half, and, and ultimately we'll, the score will take care of itself. The buy-in's been great. You know, it, it, it really is a great group of kids, and they've, they've taught me a lot, you know, being a first-time head coach and going through a season, you know, that a lot of coaches never in their careers, you know, let alone as a first-time head coach handling it. So I've learned a lot, and they're a great group of kids. Talking with Fisher football coach Carrick McDonald and highlighting some of those kids. When we had you guys in here for media days last month, uh, obviously your only senior, Colin Coleman, was part of that rotation, and he spoke very candidly with, with me and Joey Wright about just what impact this had on him, but also trying to build up to the future of Fisher football. Uh, have you seen Colin continue to kind of follow through on that and continue to be a senior leader for these underclassmen? He's been awesome. He He's a you know, as I told you uh, in the summer, he's a really mature kid. He cares about the program and loves football. You know, and me and him, we meet probably about once a week, honestly, just to talk about the future, you know, how he feels, how things are going. You know, someone who's invested, you know, four years, going on four years of, of his high school career into this program, you know, and I, I value his opinion a lot, you know, things that, Things that he likes, things that he doesn't like, you know, things that he wants to see different from the kids, stuff like that. It's like having another coach out there. It's, it's, it's really nice to have a kid who's truly just invested in the program and the future of the program. And we mentioned Colin. You have a handful of juniors on this roster as well. With them taken into account as well as the underclassmen, the sophomores and the freshmen, starting on the offensive side of the ball, who are some of the kids who have really stood out to you through the first five games? Jeremiah Todd uh, has been a running back, Blake Booth fullback. Uh, got a kid to come out and play named Jalen White. Uh, he was on the team last year, and he runs track for Fisher. Uh, those three guys, uh, we have a nice rotation in the backfield, and they're, they're pretty special. You never know what's going to happen when you put the ball in Jeremiah Todd's hands. Uh, Jalen White is one of the fastest kids I've ever coached. He, he's, he's a really good athlete, and Blake is a really tough runner. Uh, we've had, had some issues at quarterback, and we've had to make a few changes and kind of ride the hot hand. Um, I've really challenged Ryan Hopkins to kind of, you know, at the end of the day, he, he's the quarterback, and he's got to act like it to be mature. So, and he's done a great job responding. We have another young kid, Sean Unzicker. Uh, we kind of threw him in the fire a little bit at quarterback, and he's done a pretty good job responding to that. Got a little banged up, so we're riding the Brian right now, and he's doing a great job responding to all my challenges. And then same on the defensive side of the ball. You know, the old mantra is defense wins championships, and it just wins football games straight up sometimes. So who have been some of the guys who have excelled on that side? Up front, Asher Littman, he's a sophomore. He's he's pretty hard to block. Um, he's made some great plays this year. Um, at linebacker, we've kind of shuffled things around due to injuries and everything else. Aiden Cheek is doing a great job in the middle. Um, on the back end, it's tough when you've got now 21 kids. You know, we're trying to shuffle and put kids in the best position as possible. 
Uh, we're a little banged up on defense, but uh, might have to shuffle some things around for Friday to put our kids in the best position uh, to hopefully get us a win. And then just thinking ahead to this game against Hayworth and, and just going back to what we talked about at the top about being able to kind of have you know almost a normal feeling, for lack of a better phrase, and I know you've really tried to, to make that happen in other ways as well. I think I remember seeing there was kind of a, an old-timers game or an alumni game that you guys had earlier <laughs> this month as well. Just how have you seen the community, the school, everybody associated with Fisher football kind of surround this team to make it as normal of a season as possible? So whenever the decision was made, uh, I was beside myself because, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I support the decision. It was the right decision. But personally, I moved 10 hours away to be a head football coach. You know, so I was sitting there and I was like, what could we do to just make it better for everybody? Because I know the kids are upset. I'm upset. Community's upset. So my wife actually uh, gave, gave me some pretty good ideas. Um, we had a movie night out on the field whenever we were supposed to have our first home game. We actually had an old-timers seven-on-seven tournament. You know, we had alumni come back and play, people who've invested in the, in the community. They played and showed out, and there was a great, huge crowd. It was, it was awesome to meet and see some old guys, um, you know, people who I, I'd heard about uh, for Fisher football in the past. Just come out and just show support to the program. Um, and we're actually going to do an event uh, on October 15th. We're going to have some inflatables and uh, food trucks and everything for the community to come out. And just right before our last home, last game, actually, our last home game as well, you just show the kids that they're appreciated and uh, that Fisher football is not dead. We're just we're trying to keep it alive as much as we can right now. Fisher football coach Carrick McDonald, you can catch his team on their homecoming game on Friday night against Hayworth over in Fisher. Carrick, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck to you and the guys on Friday and throughout the rest of the season. Appreciate it, Colin. Go Bunnies. Thank you. Thanks again to Carrick McDonald for being part of this show tonight, and uh, hopefully the Bunnies can improve their record to 500 overall on the season on Friday night against Hayworth and JV action. And from the little bit of interaction I've had with Carrick, uh, he, he absolutely seems like the right guy for this turnaround. You know, getting numbers out, a little bit of a challenge, sure. A lot of schools struggling with numbers, but mm-hmm. uh, just his personality and his enthusiasm for the sport, I think, really come through. Uh, he, he got me fired up to come out and play some football, and uh, I know he's come a long way from Louisiana, but excited to see what he can build and what he can do with uh, this Bunnies program. You know, a lot of success in the past and looking to get back to that now. I absolutely agree. I can't I can't think of, to add anything better to what you just said there, Joey. So, well said and a good way to take us into our first break here on the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Show powered by U of I Army ROTC. When we come back, we are going to catch up with a pair of Tuscola athletes and we're going to start unveiling our latest Top 10 Countdown. This week's Serve Pro Champagne and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5, powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. And welcome back. It's 6.15 here in Champaign. Now it's 6.16 here in Champaign. And you are listening to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. I'm Colin Likas with Joey Wright. We are rolling right along, talking about the lead-up to week six of the high school football season. We heard a little bit ago from Carrick McDonald, coach of the Fisher football program, trying to improve its junior varsity record to 500 on Friday night with its homecoming game against Hayworth. Now we're going to catch up with another team going into its homecoming game, that being the Tuscola Warriors. They're going to be hosting Clinton on Friday night in a varsity contest. Currently, the Warriors are sitting at 4-1 and on the season, coming off a 13-0 win against Central A&M. Glad to be joined now by two seniors from this Tuscola program, Ben Hornaday and John Claxon. Guys, thanks so much for making the time to join us tonight. Uh, thank you for... Uh... Uh, let us have the opportunity to come here tonight. Absolutely. Glad to have you guys. And uh, Ben, I'll start with you. I know Coach Romine, Coach Andy Romine, he mentioned to me that you two as uh, seniors, key leaders on this team, but you were uh, unable to play in that Central A&M game last week. Uh, ben, starting off with you, just uh, kind of what impact does that have on you not uh, being able to play in that game and how much are you looking forward to getting back on the field? Um, It, it really hurt watching uh, – Sitting out that week uh, when I was uh, injured, 
uh, the Shelbyville game when me and John were injured. It was just, uh, it felt, it really sucked because you, you just want to get back in and play and help your team out. And you just feel like you could do something for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. John, for you, kind of a similar question, but phrased a little differently. Just to get to return for the homecoming game here, how important is that? How exciting is that to, to get to get back on the field for that game in particular where you know the whole Tuscola community is going to be super fired up for this? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a big thing for me, especially it's my last season coming into it, starting both ways. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, looking at what you guys have done this season, guys, 30 points against Narcola, you pick up the win, 40 against Cumberland in a win, 28 against Sullivan, big win there. Uh, last two games have been, you know, six points in the scoring column, 13 points in the scoring column, but such a terrific offense you guys have, uh, really can, you know, put up points when you have to. Just take me inside that unit and what they bring to the table. Um, we got some big guys up front. Um, we got a junior right guard, Sam Spencer. He's really putting in the work. He's he's been uh, during this off season. He was really really hitting the weight room, making sure he's getting his footwork right. Left guard, Chris Boyd, stud. Uh, left tackle, Grant Kaufman. He's been starting there for a while, stud. Uh, right tackle, Zach Patterson. He just came in for uh, Aiden Weaver because you know he he just got injured and broke his collarbone. And uh, I think we're a really good unit overall. Our run, our run ability is, I think, is pretty, pretty good. John, it just sounds like, you know, you two talking about being hurt. We're mentioning other guys playing hurt as well. It just seems like one of those seasons where you guys are kind of fighting through the injuries, which a lot of football teams have to do. But how do you feel like you guys are responding to uh, to those adversities and those hardships? Because uh, sitting at 4-1 and one and one win away from being postseason eligible, it seems like things are going pretty well, all things considered. Um, I'm just embracing it. I you got to take it and – if you want to keep going, you're going to heal up. You're going to be fine. You've got to keep pushing through it. That's, that's really what you got to do. Colin mentioned hardships and some of those hurdles you've had to clear this season. I know coming into this season, last season was a focal point, uh, some things beyond your control, costing you guys a, a chance to play a few games down the stretch, couldn't qualify for the playoffs, just fell a few opportunities short to, to get the wins you needed. You, what did that adversity and those hardships do for this team coming into this season? Now, obviously, you take it one week at a time, but looking pretty good in that march back to the playoffs at 4-1. and one. I mean, how, how did those trials and tribulations from last season motivate you and put you guys in this spot? Well, uh, our class, the class of 2023, we've been told since middle school that we suck, and we just kind of took that personally, and uh, we've just really been working and uh, trying to prove uh, other teams or some people in our town wrong that we're that we're a better team and it's shown by how we've been playing this season and uh, we've really been getting at it and building a really good team. Talking with Tuscola football players, football seniors Ben Hornaday and John Claxon. Either one of you guys can speak to this. You know, watching from the sideline uh, last week against A and M, obviously not what you want to do, but maybe it gives you a little uh, an opportunity to kind of uh, see things that you might not normally see when you're actually on the field during a game. So, uh, what improvements did you guys see from that uh, forty to six loss to Shelbyville in Week Four versus what you guys did in the thirteen zero win against A and M? Um, well, against A and M, me and Ben actually came back. It was against Shelbyville where we were injured, mm-hmm. so it was it was just really heartbreaking seeing uh, like watching us lose and not being able to really do anything about it. And uh, it felt great coming getting, getting back on the field against A and M and mm-hmm. giving it to them. And giving them to a giving it to a, a state uh, ranked team, like you said, and you guys have also been in those class one A state rankings as well. Is that something uh, you guys really think a whole lot about, talk a whole lot about during the season, or are you guys just out there trying to to get the wins you need in order to become playoff eligible more than anything? Um, not really. I really think of it like we're gonna give it to you. We're gonna give you our best effort, no matter what we're ranked, no matter what you're ranked. So. Just be prepared because you better give it back to us because we're going to give it to you. 
we're still only just past the halfway point of the season. Clinton on deck this week. This week, pardon me. What does this team need to do better down the stretch? And I know four and one, you know, looking good. But uh, you know, you want to play your best ball when the playoffs roll around. Still five games left in the regular season to come out and, and sharpen those irons. What do you need to do down the stretch to really find that that extra gear? Well, well, I know for the line we need to stay in our blocks a little longer. We're uh, we're basically being lazy, but we got we're getting a fix this week. We're getting it done. Uh, our pass pro needs to get better. We're getting that done this week again too. It's all it's we're getting pretty solid right now with that. And then for the skill side, I'm sure Ben has some. Um, I'd, I'd say like uh, with like the skills, just like finishing uh block schemes and uh uh you know finishing uh finishing a route set going to like throw them a good pass and yeah and then looking ahead for you guys uh, as i mentioned at the top you host clinton in the homecoming game on friday night another central illinois conference matchup i know you guys have had a fair amount of success against clinton in recent years but just uh, what you, what are some of the keys to coming out ahead in that game and how much are you guys looking forward to trying to pick up a homecoming win on friday oh our plans come out strong and battle our way through the game. Get that homecoming win, of course. Got to have it. Yeah. Ben Hornaday and John Claxton of the Tuscola football team. Joey, do you have something else for him? Just one more from me, guys. And by the way, I've always been a supporter of Tuscola's class of 2023. So you can uh, <laughs> you can you can tell that to your doubters. But just briefly, as we're kind of up against it, time wise, take me inside the atmosphere on Friday night. You know, Colin and I were out there for the Cola Wars Week One. Now it's homecoming. You guys have two more home games guaranteed, at least in your high school career. What's the atmosphere going to be like out there? Homecoming, you know getting towards the end of that senior season just just take our listeners inside it um i it's going to be crazy for me mm-hmm. thinking about thinking about the past history of Tuscola and all all the winning heritage that we have we're gonna we're gonna bring it on friday night it's gonna be exciting give me a good game Ben Hornaday and John Claxon, two Tuscola seniors who are trying to help this team to 5-1 and one when they host Clinton on Friday night. Guys, thanks again for joining us on the show, and good luck against the Maroons. All right, thank you. Thank you. Always good to hear from Douglas County and our uh, – yeah, I, I I would be surprised to hear anybody say that uh, any Tuscola class uh, is one that maybe wouldn't be successful, especially <laughs> in football, because you just see these teams winning and winning and winning so much. Even when they didn't make the playoffs last year, it wasn't because they weren't winning; it was because they weren't playing. Period. So yeah, they just ran out of games. Yeah, so. Um, uh, Pretty interested to see how these Warriors respond down the stretch. Uh, Clinton's a team that certainly has been struggling, but uh, St. Teresa in Week 7 is not, so that will be a very interesting matchup for Tuscola moving forward. Yeah, Tuscola's gotten some games left down the stretch. Uh, looking good at home against Clinton this week. I'd take the Warriors in that one, and that makes them playoff eligible. You want to get that sixth win, of course, to guarantee it, but Tuscola's going to be a tough out, as they so often are, as long as they can stay healthy and uh, put a good product on the field. Uh, which, again, by all indications, they will. Watch out for Tuscola down the stretch. Well, let's go ahead and take a break here on uh, the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show powered by U of I Army ROTC. When we come back at the halfway point, we're going to be joined by Monticello football coach Cully Welter, and we're going to knock out some of those top 10 rankings that I mentioned earlier, so stay tuned for that and more. You're listening to the Serve Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you all for joining us on your Wednesday evening. We're with you for the next 32 minutes or so on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show. Powered by U of I Army ROTC. I'm Colin Likas with Joey Wright. And, you know, I, I promised after the first break that we'd uh, dive into some top 10 and uh, didn't do it. So I think now I have to follow through and go ahead and unveil part of the top 10, the bottom half of it. Uh, th- that will appear in Thursday's News Gazette. But if you can't wait to see what is written in the print pages, specifically on the cover of the sports section tomorrow, let's go ahead and give you a rundown right now of what to expect. 
Our number 10 team this week, new to the rankings, it's the Monticello Sages. Of course, they were in the rankings earlier in the season, but kind of an up-and-down season so far. They're sitting at 3-2, and two, coming off a 45-0 win over Pontiac. Sages will try to pick up another victory at Rantoul on Friday night. Our number 9 team this week, again jumping back into the rankings, it's the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. SJO is also 3-2 and two on a two-game win streak, having defeated Nokomis last week, 42-12 on homecoming day. Now St. Joe is going to visit Bloomington Central Catholic in a battle of 3-2 and two teams on Friday. Our number 8 team this week is the Danville Vikings. Danville also is 3-2 on the season, coming off a very close 7-0 loss to Centennial. That was our football game of the week last week, and it was certainly a thriller. Joey and I covered over at Tommy Stewart Field. Danville going to try and bounce back against a really good opponent in normal community in Week 6. And our number 17 this week is the Tuscola Warriors. You just heard from two of their seniors, Ben Hornaday and John Claxon. Tuscola 4-1 on the season. They'll try to move to 5-1 when they host Clinton. And our number 16 this week is the Unity Rockets. Unity is 4-1 and one and on a tear since their season opening loss to Prairie Central. The Rockets knocked off Bloomington Central Catholic 41-14 last week and will visit Pontiac for another Illini Prairie Conference game this week. And speaking of the Illini Prairie Conference, we will stick with the league and talk now with Monticello football coach Cully Welter, whose program, as I mentioned just a bit ago, number 10 in our latest rankings and coming off a 45-0 win over Pontiac last week. Cully, thanks so much for being part of the show this evening. No problem. Thanks for having me, Colin. Absolutely. And uh, I know you're big on on talking about the kids, and, and this is all about the kids, not about the coaches, but i got to put you on the spot to start off. You were honored last week as one of the latest Muhammad Seymour Hall of Fame members. Managed to, to swing it where you actually got to go to Frank Dutton Field, get recognized, and then hustle back to Monticello so you could coach, coach your game against Pontiac. Just what was that whole experience like for you? Yeah, it was pretty humbling, and I'm very thankful for everybody that uh, uh, worked uh, to make it happen on the Muhammad side, as well as uh, the administration at Monticello, uh, Jim Risley, uh, Fred Croner, um, you know, Dan Sheehan, my, my AD, and uh, Mr. Corson and Mr. Clapp. Uh, they all were very gracious and, and, and basically uh, you know, made it happen when, in a situation that was difficult to, to try to work out the logistics. It's kind of weird almost to, to show up at your old stomping grounds for a homecoming night and then just be like, oh, I, I can't stick around, guys. i got to go back to, to my current high school and go coach a game. Yeah, it was pretty surreal from that standpoint. It was, I, can, I can definitely say I was very distracted, uh, <laughs> but uh, in the end of the day, was was glad uh, that it worked out. What's it like to be back uh, at Muhammad? You know, and, and when you look at the two football programs, not a lot of overlap. You know, you, you can kind of uh, cheer along your alma mater because you're never really going to run into each other, not in the regular season, not in the postseason. So, you know, what's it like to be back homecoming night to see all the success they're having? I know you're laser-focused on Monticello football, but, you know, to go back and yeah, see what your alma mater's doing, I've got to imagine, you know, pretty proud alum, right? Oh, absolutely! I'm really excited about their potential this season. The great year they had last year. It was it was strange. I don't know the last time I've been at Muhammad for a, a high school football game. And uh, uh, but uh, yeah, they they uh, we've seen them in seven on seven over the summer. We know uh, what kind of team they have. And Coach Atkins, Coach Berner, and the rest of those guys are are doing an outstanding job with that program. Well, let's talk a little bit about your Sages. As I mentioned a bit ago, they are three and two coming off that win over Pontiac. How are you feeling about the direction of this team right now? I mean, I know it started off a little rocky with the loss to St. Joe Ogden in Week 1, but winning three of the last four, it seems like things have, have largely gotten back on track. Yeah, we, we felt uh, you know the, the St. Joe game and the Bloomington Central Catholic games were going to be tough games, and uh, unfortunately we came up on the, the wrong end of the score, and uh, that puts a little pressure on us going into the, the back end of our schedule. But yeah, as, as most coaches will say, you can only control what you can control, and and work on uh, getting better as a group, and uh, um, you know we got some young guys that are getting experience, and we're hope that we're, we're hoping that we will uh, gel and, at the right time. Well, uh, looking at your guys' roster and lineup, I know one guy who stood out so far on the offensive side of the ball, at least quarterback Drew Shepard, uh, trying to fill big shoes, replacing Joey Sprinkle at that position. How do you feel he's done trying to accomplish that goal? I think he's done a great job. We've asked a lot of him. Uh, it, it's hard to come in and be a, a one-year quarterback, um, you know, the, the, to take the reps, uh, the majority of the reps for the first time. And, and on top of that, he's, 
he's playing full time on defense, which we don't usually have our quarterbacks do. So he's playing two ways: uh, running the show, uh, running the ball, throwing the ball. He's he's done a little bit of everything for us, and uh, really happy with uh, the way he's played this year. Talking with Monticello football coach Coley Welter, and coach, you know. Middle of the season now, just a little after the halfway point. And technically, I would say, where do you think your team has improved the most? You come along since that that uh, week one loss to St. Joseph Ogden, as Colin mentioned. You know, you've won three of the last four, kind of moving them in the right direction. What group has kind of uh, not keyed that turnaround necessarily, but you know, come along and and develop nicely for you? Yeah, I, I thought we really tackled poorly, fit poorly against St. Joe. Uh, we had some breakdowns in our secondary. Um, and then offensively, we didn't finish drives. We were inside the red zone three times without points. Um, that really hurt us. Um, so I think defensively against Pontiac, we took a big step forward. Our tackling was better. Our fits were better. Um, uh, and then offensively, we're starting to execute a little better. Uh, we know our, our schedule is still formidable, though, so we, we know we have to continue to improve. Who are some other kids we should be looking out for as this season goes on? I think, us, you know, you talk about Drew on offense. Uh, Spencer Mitz has been the leader of our defense. He's a returning first-team all-conference uh, linebacker for us. Uh, he's led us in tackles every week. He's just a, he's just a really solid uh, physical for his size kid, um, and he's kind of the captain of our defense. He's done a really nice job. Um, uh, Evan Wasson's a two-way starter for us right now, sophomore that uh, started as a freshman last year and uh, uh, on the uh, defensive side of the ball, but now he's, he's going both ways. He's had a a really good year for us as well. Tyler Bundy on offense uh, has scored quite a few touchdowns. He kind of does a little bit of everything for us. He's our, our primary running back, but we try to get in the ball uh, in the air as well. So uh, that's that's a, a number of guys that have done a pretty good job for us so far. Cully, kind of thinking big picture here. You go on the road to Rantoul this week, but a, a tough stretch to close things out at home against PBL, at home against Prairie Central, and then at Tolono Unity. In week nine, I know you have a great deal of respect for the Illini Prairie Conference, and and that's a, a tough way to end the season. You know, you still need two wins to become playoff eligible, three to guarantee a spot. I mean, how do you how do you keep your team focused? Think one at a time, and and you know, not let them think ahead. Because I, I I know you like to take things one game at a time and, and respect all the opponents, but for high schoolers, maybe not quite so easy, right? Yeah, and I think we really emphasize just uh, really focusing on getting better. Uh, you know, you, you use the old cliche, the opponent doesn't matter in practice. You know, you, you prepare for what they do, but outside of that, uh, you work on improving yourself and, and uh, you know, the whole process versus the outcome concept. And so we've really preached that. I feel like the last two weeks we've had uh, much better practices. And uh, as you said, we know the, the uh, back end of our schedule is going to be very tough, but uh, – uh, the best thing to do is what you just said, is to focus on one week at a time. You mentioned the back end of the schedule, Paxton, Prairie Central, and Unity following the Rantoul game. One game I'm curious about is uh, one that actually already happened. Um, the Illini Prairie Conference had been a, a closed conference for football, but with Olympia dropping out, that created an opening for each of you teams. And the game that you guys picked up was against the Milwaukee School of Science out of Wisconsin, which I'm guessing doesn't have a rich tradition of playing Illinois teams, at least not in this area. So can you take us through how that came about and just what that was like playing against a team that I'm guessing you did not know very much about going into it? Well, we did our research last year because it was about the only game that was available to us outside of playing a 6A or 7A school. So uh, we worked that out. I talked to some Wisconsin coaches up there. We, we looked at some film, but it's a, it's a magnet school, and their roster took a big, over, took a big overhaul. In fact, they, I think they had nine starters uh, this year that weren't on the roster last year. So they were, they were a little scary. They had a lot of speed. They had a lot of size. And, uh, uh, but they, they, they are a relatively new program, so they had some growing pains that, fortunately, we were able to take advantage of. Are you making the return trip to Wisconsin next year then? <laughs> well, we're supposed to. I don't know if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a heck of a drive. You, uh, yeah, that'll be yeah. a long day. Uh, yeah. 
Cully Welter, Monticello football coach. Joe, you have one more for Coach Welter? Yeah, one more for him, kind of going off of that. And, Colin, you wrote the, the story on this, so maybe you'd be better equipped to, to ask. But just the hospitality, uh, you know, I know football parents and boosters, everyone stepping up to make the trip a good one for Milwaukee Academy of Science. Uh, packed a lunch. I'm I, I just curious what uh, what all went into that. And, and you know, always nice to show some hospitality for a team making the four-hour drive, right? Yeah, I, I give all that credit to uh, Dan C and our AD and our Booster Club and our football moms uh, for uh, for putting that all together. That's really uh, – I appreciate it because I think it's important. I think it's what you should do, but um, they really take care of all that, and they do a great job, and hopefully it's it's appreciated. And it, and it was appreciated by the uh, any school that comes in from that far away. Monticello coach Cully Welter, you can catch his Sages on Friday night visiting Rantoul at 7 p.m. for their latest Illini Prairie Conference game, trying to move to 4-2 and two on the season. Cully, thanks as always for joining us, and good luck on Friday night. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. And uh, the Illini Prairie Conference loaded as ever. It's uh, it's interesting. I talked with Prairie Central coach Andrew Quain earlier today. You and Matt uh, podcasted with some Paxton Buckley Loda football players earlier in the day. We'll uh, catch that on. Uh, I believe you're going to publish it tonight or Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, point I was getting to though. The last few years, it seems like we've been talking about a lot about Unity versus Monticello being kind of the the matchup to decide the conference championship and. Uh, Unity is still solid. Monticello is still solid. But right now, it's Prairie Central against PBL, and that just shows how balanced and diverse this conference is. Absolutely. But, you know, you, you look at how this one's going to play out, PBL and Unity. Uh, Unity has already lost to Prairie Central. Mm-hmm. They've still, I mean, it, the, the, way the, the way the Illini Prairie Conference schedule worked out, yeah, it's it's very backloaded. But that PBL Prairie Central game, it's going to, if you like the running game, if you like seeing running backs in action, I think that's going to be a good one for you. Yeah, I give PBL a slight edge partially because Pat and I went out there and I wasn't going to tell them to their face that I picked Prairie Central, but <laughs> being at home, I think, is going to be a deciding factor. You always give the home team a little advantage and 5-0 and versus 5-0, and going Panthers, but that is going to be, I don't know, we're, we're, we're really going to know a clear picture, I think, of the IPC uh, standings after this week. Well, you can catch our staff picks in Thursday's News Gazette for that Prairie Central PBL game as well as several others. Our guest picker this week is former Paxton Buckley Loto coach Jeff Graham, who Cully knows plenty about over at Monticello. Or I guess he wouldn't know as much since Paxton actually was not part of the Illini Prairie Conference when Jeff Graham was the coach there. So maybe Cully doesn't know as much about (laughs) Jeff Graham. I'm honestly not sure. But let's go ahead and take our final break here on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. When we come back, we are going to hear from Urbana coach Curtis Blandon Sr., also going to unveil the remainder of our Top 10 Countdown and unveil our latest Offensive Line of the Week. And it's 6.44, and we're back with the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. I'm Colin Likas, joined by Joey Wright, as always, and this is the last segment of the show. We're with you for another 15 minutes or so. Soon we're going to have, not in the studio, but in the office, some of the Paxton Buckley-Loda athletes who made up the offensive line of the week that we announced last week, and in a little while here we're going to unveil our latest offensive line of the week, whose athletes will be honored next week when they come into the office. Yeah, and I was saying last week, Colin, if we needed to, uh, or if we could give out a defensive line of the week <laughs> award, I want to give a call to the Centennial Chargers unit, sure. uh, besting the Danville offensive line. It was a terrific game back and forth. You really can't see anything bad about either team. Rainy night, but uh, for those who weren't listening to our Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week, Centennial, goal line stand, shutting down Danville. It was essentially a fourth and ball game to win it as time expired from the one-yard line and Centennial's defense makes the difference and, and holds the Vikings really exciting game to watch. So, you know, we, we like to give a call to the offensive line each week, but it's just proof you got to bring your A game week in and week out because sometimes it can come down to just a yard or two. Yeah, the saying is uh, defense wins championships, so uh, certainly defense helped win Centennial that game against Danville. 
And sticking with the Big 12 Conference now, we're glad to be joined here on the show by Urbana football coach Curtis Blandon Sr., whose Tigers played their homecoming game last Monday, this this most recent Monday, I should say, against Champaign Central. Tigers currently contesting a JV-only season as they try to get their numbers up and uh, let those kids get a little more experience. Coach, uh, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely, and I uh, wanted to have you on. We had Fisher's coach on earlier. They're in a the similar situation to you guys and just so happened to also have their homecoming week this week. Uh, take us through. I know the result didn't quite work out on the scoreboard, but just what was the homecoming experience like for you guys on Monday? I, I, I heard the crowd was pretty vocal. I know our Joey Wright was there. It was a pretty loud crowd. seemed like people were into the game. People were very involved in the game. The Urbana fans, they came out and supported the team. Uh, like you said, it didn't come out the way that we wanted to, but they also saw what can happen in the future and asked for that we fielded a team that was ready to compete. And you mentioned us back in August. One of the biggest things that you were looking for was people in the community, people who are alumni, to come out and show these kids that they're supported, show these kids that they're loved, and that you know what they're doing on the football field matters, and that people want to see that. Have you seen people respond well to that? Are you are you feeling like we're kind of turning a corner here and, and trending in the right direction? Yes, I definitely believe we're turning a corner. A lot of the former players from 2012 on that I had coached that had been at Urbana. During some times they were a little rough as well. They have come back to encourage the players to keep going, um, to build a foundation, and uh, just listen to the coach and take the guidance. Also to get their academics and make sure that they're students as well as athletes. Urbana class of 2018, myself, uh, 2012 is a year that people uh, at that time still talked about in the hallways, and I'm sure it's it's much the same, a legendary team in Urbana High School history. You know, just, just curious as, as you guys kind of key that rebuild, JV level. Uh, I was only around for the second half against Central. was competitive, looked like the Maroons uh, were able to come out to score win. But I'm just curious, who are some of the new faces stepping up for the JV team? You know, if you had to give a call to some specific players who've made an impact this season, and who would those be, and, uh, and and why should we be excited about what they've done? I would say um, being leader on the field is our quarterback, Jadon Riggs. Um, our offensive line, which is uh, Mifro. Um, also, you have C.J. Blandon. You have Dominic Dye. You have Malik Mosley. You have Kyrie Hillsman. Um, there's, a, there's a number of other kids that are coming along. Uh, faster than they even did last year that are catching on to the schemes as well as understanding actual football and that's one of the main things that i want them to understand football i don't want to just teach them to the test where they're just doing plays just because it's on the card but understand why you're doing them and understand the dynamics behind it and as far as you know you mentioned a lot of freshmen are you seeing revitalized interest among these younger groups uh, over at the high school because i know a lot of those incoming freshmen who you mentioned uh, they played pretty well at the youth football level before they got to high school so i'm sure there was still a good level uh, there was already a good level of interest coming in but has it kind of expanded uh, ever since this jv season started yes it's expanded there's been several kids that have come out um after our first couple, two games, and they come out and say, you know, Coach, what can I do to be a part of this? And explain to them that we're trying to build a program here, not just a team. But they're, they're buying and they, um, can stay, they're staying consistent as far as coming to practice and also applying themselves to everything that we're asking them to do. Talking with Urbana football coach Curtis Blandon Sr., Coach, we've talked a lot this season with Central Head Coach Tim Turner, Centennial Head Coach Kyle Jackson. Centennial having a lot of success this season. I'm, I'm curious what relationship you have with those coaches because the, the general sense everyone I've talked to agrees. Obviously, you know, you look at the rivalries, Centennial-Urbana, Central-Urbana, you know, those are games that both sides want to win. But when Urbana isn't fielding a varsity football team, it kind of hurts the, the entire area scene. So I'm just curious if you've had any conversations with them about uh, maybe, maybe soliciting advice, seeing what they would do. Because I, I know there's a sense, uh, while there are rivalries there, everyone kind of wants the other to, to succeed. Right, right. No, it's a mutual respect all the way around. I actually coached with Kyle Jackson at one point in time when we were at Urbana together. 
And um, it's just a mutual respect. They gave me encouragement, which I gave back. Because, like you said, everyone just hopes that we can – well, everyone knows that we're gonna, next year we're going to field the team on Friday nights in order for us to play and be competitive and also to give a good look for everyone else that are in our conference also playing on the varsity schedule. You mentioned uh, getting to coach with uh, Kyle Jackson at Urbana in the past. Uh, obviously, you're very familiar with being a coach, but this was uh, being a head coach of a high school football program was new to you coming into this year. Kind of came together very quickly, very suddenly. What's the now that you've had some time to settle in? You got some games under your belt at the JV level. Uh, what has this experience been like for you? I'm sure having your son as a freshman on the team uh, probably enhances it a little bit. But just overall, how is how has this gone for you? Well. Actually, after the first game, it felt like I've never left. <laughs> um, you know, having the horse voice, continuous yelling, uh, encouragement of the kids, um, just through the years. And like I said, it, it was it was always good times, even coach with Coach Jackson. Um, I know we will maintain that relationship through the year. You know, how many every, every years that I'm here and he's coaching as well, or if we're just out in the community and things. So I would just say that. Um, yeah, it's been a great experience being able to pour back in the young people that uh, show that they have a love and a passion for something that always helped guide in my life and helped me. So I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm looking forward to the future and to see what that may bring. And as this season has progressed, just talk a little bit about how this team has evolved from August. Uh, I know a crazy sequence there, uh, right up, you know, leading up to the season, things are in flux, and then you come in and you're tasked with building a, a, a contender at the JV level and building those pieces. How has the team kind of come together, and, and, and what would you say the biggest step forward the team has taken uh, as a whole has been from, say, the middle of August when, you know, all the storylines are floating around and, and things aren't quite so set in stone? I would say, um, first off, people have to realize these student-athletes, the ones that have chosen to play football at Urbana, have been through a lot. They haven't played a varsity season, especially for, like, the juniors and seniors. So they never really had an experience. So in actuality, some of them are still those sophomores on the field. So just um, understanding that and also understanding that um, it's a new regime coming in, so there was some adjustment to the requirements and to the standards that I had put in place, but they adapted to them. They took hold to them, um, even from the warm-ups all the way until what we do as drills, individuals, as well as team, and the breakdown. And like I said, every day is a great experience because we're, we're trying to teach them you know, understanding about football and not just plays and all those other things because I, I tell them all the time, football teaches you life experiences. It's not just a sport. And thinking about, we've been talking about all these underclassmen, I'm thinking about all the, the older players on the team, even if there's not a, a large number of them, how have you seen maybe some of the older players on your team who, even though, like you said, they're younger and experienced on the field, how have you seen them maybe try and lead those younger kids and try to help leave this program in a better place, even though they don't get to have that varsity season before they graduate high school? Well, they're taking it on like almost like a big brother program. So um, a lot of younger Kids call them their big brothers, you know, so they try to tell them, you know, the ups and downs. They talk about the stories and things that had happened, you know, prior to them getting here, but also how, how much things are different right now and how much they can do in the future. Just being here to be that foundational piece to go forward. So a lot of them have an understanding what they see or what may come to fruition won't be in the time that they're here, but they hope to be able to come back in years from college or wherever they are in the community and see what they had a part of building. Curtis Blandon, senior Urbana football coach, leading the JV program, trying to get back to the varsity ranks, but currently getting the job done, putting the building blocks in place for the future of this team. Curtis, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck to you guys throughout the rest of the season. All right, thank you for having me. Thanks, Coach. All right. Really hopeful that we can have those rivalry matchups again next season. Urbana Centennial, Urbana Champaign Central, Urbana Danville, maybe not quite as, as much of a rivalry, <laughs> although Coach Blandon did attend Danville back in the day, so maybe there's a little bit of uh, extra oomph there. And hey, in the Big 12 Conference, you'll take them where you can get them, right? Now, obviously, maybe a little more, uh, a little more uh, put into the crosstown rivalries. Uh, you see that in Bloomington, you see that in Peoria. Mm -hmm. uh, really, Danville, the only 
school that doesn't have that built-in <laughs> geographic yeah, rival that happens. Um, all situated along I-74. And, and yeah, you know, I know we're running up against it uh, time-wise. Still got a little bit to get to. But I'll just say, you know, it, uh, it, it absolutely is best for the football community in Champaign-Urbana when Urbana is not only fielding a varsity team, but fielding a contender. Um, and you could say the same for Central and Centennial. You know, what makes rivalries great is you don't know necessarily who's going to win going into those games. And so when all three teams are firing on all cylinders, you know, you, you bring the fans out and everyone seems to, to have a good time. So it uh, seems like uh, Curtis Blandon's doing a good job so far. You know, it's, it's not going to come overnight, but I think the hope in Urbana is give it two, three, four seasons. You know, maybe next year you return to varsity, win a game or two, and then, you know, you build up four or five win season and, and just slowly but steadily build a contender. Absolutely. We can all hope for the best for Urbana, for Fisher, any other school that's really finding themselves in that situation because there are a few across the state that have certainly been uh, been struggling to field varsity rosters. It's just uh, the way things are right now. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up our show here tonight by, first of all, unveiling the remainder of our top ten that will appear in Thursday's News Gazette, specifically on the front page of the C section. Our number five team this week is the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. Blue Devils are one of a quintet of 5-0 and teams in the area. They knocked off Oakwood 60-21 to last week in a game that was fairly close in the first half before the Blue, the Blue Devils ran away with it. Another rivalry game on tap for BHRA in Week 6. They're heading to Catlin to face Salt Fork. And our number four team this week is the Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers. Panthers are, uh, you guessed it, 5-0, and coming off of a 65-6 win over Rantoul in the Illini Prairie Conference play. They will host Prairie Central in Week 6, a major Illini Prairie Conference matchup. And fittingly, Prairie Central is our number 3 team, also 5-0, and coming off a 54-7 win over Chillicothe IVC. They're going to make their first trip to Paxton since PBL became an Illini Prairie Conference team on Friday. Should be a really good one at I-57 Stadium. And our number two team this week, it's the Centennial Chargers. Chargers, by the skin of their teeth, hanging on to their unbeaten record. They won 7-0 over Danville in a chilly, occasionally rainy game at Tommy Stewart Field. Got a touchdown run from Brandon Harvey and a goal line stand against Danville with time expiring. Really a thrilling game for Centennial. They're going to visit Bloomington on Friday. It's the first road game for Centennial since week one. So uh, we'll see how they adjust to being back on the road again. And our number one team this week, as has been the case all season, it's the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are 5-0, coming off a 55-14 win over Charleston on homecoming night at Frank Dutton Field. That is where they will remain on Friday as they host Quincy Notre Dame in an intriguing non-conference game. It'll be our game of the week that you can catch on Light Rock 97.5. Joey and I will be on the call for that one beginning at 6.45 p.m. Friday. Looking good. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see Muhammad Seymour this season for the first time. Mm-hmm. I've, I've read so much about them, uh, the program, every Tuesday, and uh, talk with John Atkins a bunch, but I haven't actually seen the Bulldogs play. Big one against QND. Going to be a fun call. And now it's time to unveil our latest offensive line of the week. As I said, Paxton buckley Lota was the winner last week, having those athletes in tonight to be recognized by the U of I Army ROTC. And we are sticking in the Illini Prairie Conference this week for our latest winner. It's the Unity Rockets. Scott Hamilton's team averaging 49.3 points over the last four weeks. Last week against uh, Bloomington Central Catholic specifically, Matt Brown rushed for 153 yards. Kale Rawdon threw for 183 and rushed for 93 more. That unity offensive line has been huge into the Rockets' offensive success ever since their season opening loss to Prairie Central. So congratulations to unity. The Rockets are playing angry, Colin, and mm-hmm. I know I've uh, rubbed a few in Tolono <laughs> the wrong way with my picks. They continue to prove me wrong, and, and that's not such a bad thing because no. if unity uh, continues to, to keep it up, down the stretch. It's going to be a fun Illini Prairie Conference race. Absolutely, and we're looking forward to a fun week six. Thank you all for joining us on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show powered by U of I Army ROTC. Joey Wright, Colin Likas, thank you for joining us, and catch us next week, same time, same place.